I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. This morning, Elon Musk said that One of the reasons that he has embarked in this effort to launch American astronauts from American soil into outer space and to the International Space Station is to, quote, reignite the dream of space. To reignite the dream of space. That word reignite, uh, a nice little allusion to uh, the rockets igniting and blasting off and reigniting the dream of space, which we have heard our parents and grandparents tell us so much about uh, when Neil Armstrong uh, first stepped on the moon. Uh, So hopefully, hopefully uh, Musk and his cohort, along with NASA, hopefully they are able to to be successful and reignite the dream of space. I'm pretty giddy today. I'm really looking forward to just about 2.33 mountain time. When the clock strikes zero, the engines are ignited, and that Falcon 9 rocket lifts those two American astronauts into outer space for the first time from American soil in almost a decade. So be sure to be tuned in just after 2.30 here to KSL News Radio. We're going to bring you live updates of that launch here on Live Mike. Right now, we're going to turn our attention to Salt Lake City, specifically Salt Lake City's Mayor Aaron Mendenhall joins me now. Mayor, how are you? I'm well. Good to be with you. Uh, you had an enjoyable Memorial Day weekend? I did. Went on a bike ride. My yard is getting way more attention than it's ever received in the past. We, we, we've spoken uh, about your yard in the home. past. You do those uh, you do those <laughs> videos uh, on Twitter from this uh, meticulously manicured and beautiful lawn uh, in, in the backyard. There are oh. beautiful trees. So congratulations to you for that. It's all about the angle, though, Lee. i got to tell you, it's not meticulous. But Oh, don't you. I know it. <laughs> if we've learned anything about this like video conferencing era into which we have slipped, it is you got to find the flattering angle, uh, the rest of it, who cares, right uh, clutter with garbage, no one will see it. Uh, you mentioned the streets, you mentioned being out, I want to talk about uh, the, the, the streets. If I'm honest with you, I've had a hard time understanding the nomenclature uh, that's been applied to, the, to these streets. You have about uh, 10 or a dozen or so uh, Salt Lake City streets, which as you have phrased it, have been closed to through traffic. Uh, to and open rather to uh, to folks on on bikes and on foot and, and the like. G- give me an update on on where things stand in this effort. Yeah, the nomenclature is that's totally legitimate because in some ways we've been saying that we're opening streets to pedestrians, bikes, and keeping them op- open to local traffic. But there's streets like Ninth South between 30s and 70s that are completely open to regular traffic but we've taken in uh, one lane on each north and south side so that people can ride their bikes there, push a stroller, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that our parks are pretty overwhelmed a lot of the time as people justifiably want to get out. 
Um, but we also want people to be able to do so safely. So we've got 10 streets open for pedestrians, bikes, and local traffic to some degree. They're barricaded. There's signage that lets you know. And you can go to slc.gov and find out which streets they are. But we want to give you space to be out and enjoy this weather. There have been some concerns expressed by uh, business owners and some homeowners along these streets where sometimes access is difficult, uh, business is impacted negatively uh, due to fewer cars driving by and seeing the lights on. Uh, What do you say to those folks, and how's your office responding to those concerns? Yeah, we are responding, actually. The transportation department is listening, and we aren't uh, saying once these streets are open, there's no way they're going to close until the end of the emergency declaration. We're listening. We're working with the communities, and uh, we want to know what that feedback is. Some of the streets may close earlier than others. The majority of the feedback we're getting is positive, and, of course, we want to support our local business owners. That's why they're parking and their uh, traffic and access is still available. So if uh, businesses are are feeling like they're struggling from that closure, we want to hear from them, whether it's through economic development or transportation division, let us know. How about a timeline? I I know the kickoff of this endeavor was uh, in some part fueled by the diminished diminished number of vehicles on the road, Uh, more folks working from home, uh, fewer people out and about. That, as we, you know, move towards yellow and ultimately green and back to something resembling a new normal, uh, that's going to increase. What's the timeline look like on, on these streets? Yeah, this is set to expire when the emergency declaration expires. And for Salt Lake City, ours currently goes through June 6th. And the city council has the prerogative to extend that by 30 days if they desire to do so. They'll have a meeting next Tuesday and make a decision about that then. Extending Um, the emergency declaration or the condition of the streets? So the emergency declaration allows me as the mayor to issue proclamations Uh under that declaration one of which is the opening of these streets. I see. So if the declaration ends, then a lot of the things we've done through proclamations end as well. I see. And it would be your intention to, if the, if, if the emergency declaration is extended, you would extend the proclamation impacting these streets uh, to, to, to partner up with that? Yeah, it just immediately does so. It I immediately see. extends the proclamation. Okay. But again, we want to listen to the community. Sure. This is uh, there to help keep people safe and healthy and be able to exercise and be outside. And, you know, if it doesn't work for everyone, we can work with that. Outstanding. In just a moment, I want to ask you about the census. But before we move on from uh, the the topic of coronavirus, how is Salt Lake City looking as it moves towards maybe uh, relaxing the risk level and moving into yellow, as is the case for the rest, most of the, the rest of the state? Yeah, we've been working with the state and mostly the county health department. The county health department issues zip code-specific data and gives Salt Lake City and the other two hotspots in the county um, city-specific information about once a week. What we're seeing from that public health data is that we're basically the same as we were in those 14 days between May 1st and May 14th when we transitioned into yellow. Um, we aren't seeing any type of a change that would indicate that we should loosen those restrictions into yellow as the hotspot that we are today. So I've requested as of today through the county, which will go through a state process, that we remain orange at least for the following week as we continue to track that data. And we would love to see a decrease, which we aren't seeing yet, but at least uh, a much longer stabilization period before we transform to yellow.
All right. Very good. Uh, let's move on to the census here. I, in my own mailbox here, uh, I'm, I'm a resident of your city mayor. Uh, I got my census packet. Uh, fill out this. To tell me about that. Uh, return it. It's the law. What about the census has your attention these days? The census is so important. You know, it's only once every 10 years that we get to say we're here. Now send us back our federal our dollars from the federal government that we've sent you. Um, those dollars come back to us to support hospitals, to support schools. It also matters how many people are counted here when it comes to our congressional representation. We get uh, allotted those spaces in the federal conversation based on our census count. There's so many reasons it's important. We also know that a lot of people or residents really throughout the nation fear some uh, have some fear, some apprehension about sharing that information for various reasons with the federal government. We need people to know that it is safe for you to share your information through the census and uh, that we need you to be counted. As of about tomorrow, if you haven't responded to the census, which you can do from your phone or computer, and people are uh, working through the census coordination effort are going to start knocking on doors, encouraging people to fill that form out and make sure that you are counted. It is so very important. I have had numerous conversations with individuals who are you know, responsible for collecting this census data, and they tell me some anecdotal stories, some just fascinating stories uh, about how it is in fact true that every single person does count and that the, the allotment of certain tax dollars and the availability and accessibility of certain programs, and as you mentioned, of course, congressional representation, there are communities in this nation which have missed out on money, on representation, and on enhanced right. services by, in, in some cases, as few as three or four individuals. Oh, it's a, it's a tragedy. And communities with uh, great diversity, such as Salt Lake City relative to the rest of the state, um, are, are just those communities where we see a lower turnout of census reporting uh, but people have until October 31st, but, you know, the press is really on through the middle of June to get it filled out. And you can go to 2020census.gov and fill it out. Even if you've lost that flyer they send you right. in the mail, doesn't matter. Get on there and you can still be able to access and fill out the census. It just takes a couple minutes. That's all. Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall, thank you for your time. Thank you for your work. Best of luck as your city uh, continues to march its way towards uh, yellow and hopefully someday soon green. All righty. Uh, Aaron Mendenhall, my guest. Take We're going to take a, a quick break and continue when we come back a conversation which started yesterday. And it is surrounding this notion, this, this fascinating occurrence, which is that throughout the midst of this coronavirus pandemic, the number of first-time gun buyers has surged. In fact, in the month of March, more people purchased a handgun than in any time in history. We'll dig into those details next and get some of your thoughts when we return to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.